Welcome to our year with Jesus, where we are reading through the Gospels as a congregation at the Embry Hills Church of Christ. I'm so pumped for this one. I'm glad we get to start today with Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. Yeah, so much information here. I don't know how we're going to cover it in the short time. Well, when we think about these chapters, we're getting a big introduction in chapter 1 and chapter 2 to the family of Jesus, aren't we? Yeah, so much so. I mean, Philip, I was thinking about this. In chapter 1, he even starts by calling Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why do you think Matthew starts making those distinctions or those connections to the family of Jesus? It seems like the people that Matthew is writing to have some expectations of promises being fulfilled. Mm. And that he's saying from the very beginning, I'm gonna prove to you that Jesus checks all the boxes. I love that. Yeah, that he's the kind of person that has faith in his background like Abraham, but also has this royal background with David. Yeah, I love that. And, and, and so as you think about Jesus's family, at least as Matthew's concerned, it starts well before Mary and Joseph. It goes all the way back to Abraham. But, but, but Philip, as I look at this list of people in Jesus's family, not everybody in this list seems to be you know, the, 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 the brightest moments. Yeah, I agree. You would think that if Matthew was trying to just clean up the record, he would have left some things out, but there's some notable names in here. For sure. I mean, like in verse six, he talks about David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of another man, the wife of Uriah. He talked, you know, you have the story of Judah and Tamar. That there's a story of Ruth and Rahab mentioned as well. Yeah. And so, I mean, just all these different people who are a part of Jesus's lineage. And like you're saying, Matthew's not trying to hide any of this. You have the ups and you have the downs of Jesus's family and where he came from. Well, you know, when I see those names that we recognize from the Old Testament, there are also a group of names that jump out of people that are kind of our heroes. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you see Boaz or Hezekiah or David listed here, why do you think Matthew wants to include those names as well? Well, I think, the, I mean, these are guys just, I mean, just as well who you see in the Old Testament that they were kings and particularly kings who had faith in the Father and that the Father had this ability to be able to, to, to work and accomplish great things even through them. Yeah, so as important as genealogies are to a Jewish audience, I think we should still really take some big things away from reading a genealogy like this of Jesus. And especially helping us appreciate the Bible story in its entirety and seeing how all these stories that we've been reading in the Old Testament, all these people, all these kings that lived, that they were actually all pointing towards this greater king who was going to come, this greater person that we could have faith in and that was going to show us what faith was like. But, but Philip, in this story, there's actually one person who is, you know, a part of the family of Jesus who isn't really a part of the family of Jesus, Joseph. Tell me a little bit about him. You know, it's interesting when you come to chapter 1 down to verse 16 that Joseph is described as the husband of Mary um, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. And Joseph... Joseph is a hardworking guy. Yeah. We know that this is a miraculous birth from the Holy Spirit with Mary. And Joseph has some big choices to make in this chapter, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think you even see his faith in God because he's not wanting to disgrace her like you were talking about. You just see the integrity that he has as a man and not wanting to disgrace her. And God says that, that she was going to bear a son through a dream. And he comes and we see an even verse at the end of verse 25 that he keeps her a virgin until she gave birth. And then they called his name Jesus. 
What do you admire about the example of Joseph? Uh, just the faith that Joseph has in God and the willingness to be flexible with all of this, to do what's best for his kid. I mean, he finds out about Herod we see in chapter 2. Herod wanted to slaughter some of the babies just out of jealousy. And, and Joseph has to flee to Egypt. That just Imagine having to flee to a whole other country to, you know, to take care of your kids. That's you what know, he does here. When I think about Joseph and Mary taking their son to Egypt, it was wonderful that he has some transferable skills. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of him as a provider and the extra responsibility you would feel to provide yeah. for your son when you know he's a, anointed by God. He's so special. And here he is in a very far away place. But thankfully, as a carpenter or as a stonemason, you know, it's kind of hard to translate that term, but he's going to be able to work hard for his family. And a lot of young families, I think, can relate to that. Yeah. And, and, and again, both his work ethic, but also what we see about who he is as a person, I think are both things that like you're talking about transferring those sort of things to your kids. I think those are things that we see in Joseph that we're able to appreciate. When we see in verse 19 that he's described as a righteous man, I love that. I think that's aspirational for every father to begin thinking about the righteousness that I lead my family with. Mm-hmm. And it makes you it makes you really appreciate how God has chosen just the right guy for the job. Yeah, and he, I was going to say, even with that, he's a righteous man. We see in verse 20, when he had considered this. He's not someone who's acting rashly about, you know, the situation that's going on. He's trying to think through these things as God speaks to him in a dream, particularly. He's willing to listen to God's voice. And so you see his righteousness. You see his careful consideration. You see his humility to listen to God. So many things about Joseph that I think that are definitely commendable. Uh, that we should be able to appreciate. Well, you know, when he's called a son of David, it's more than just a description of Mm -hmm. this genealogy. He really is manifesting some of the very best qualities of David. What about Mary? I mean, obviously, there's tremendous, tremendous uh, lessons to appreciate from her. Absolutely. I mean, especially when you get to to Luke chapter 1, where, you know, Luke chapter 1 and 2, where Luke will talk a little bit about that. But even here, you see the kind of person that she is so much so that God was willing to bear a child through her, you just see how special she is. She had to really appreciate the love and the understanding that Joseph showed at this time. And I mean, just maybe a plug for this or not, but but you even see the purity of Mary in that God would not have been able to do this through her if she had been behaving differently. And so you, you already see in her life that she's been living her life up to a certain, up to this point with, with purity. It, it allows God to do this great act through her. That's excellent. That's excellent. And both of them have questions during this time. Mm-hmm. And we all have questions when our family is getting started, but their questions are answered by God in really wonderful ways. And the, these angels help reassure them all, mm-hmm. the, all the way through this. And it's so nice for us when we do sit down, we read from God's word to find that reassurance of God, the promises that God has, of the faithfulness of God. And I think we see a lot of the faithfulness of God here. Well, we can't leave out their son, right? We yeah. can't leave out Jesus here. What's special? about Jesus as you think about chapter one and chapter two. So that's, I mean, so they're clearly God is using them to accomplish this great purpose because the person that she was supposed to be giving birth to this, the son that she was going to be giving birth to in chapter one, verse 21, his name was going to be Jesus. They were going to call him Emmanuel because he was going to be completely different, that he was going to save people from their sins, according to verse 21, and that he was going to be God with the people that again, if you were a Jew, if you're a human being living at any point in time, what we've always wanted is what we, we, we all deep, deep down inside know we need, which is the forgiveness of our sins. And it was going to be offered through this person, Jesus. And so Matthew is beginning his gospel, inviting you to figure out how. How is he going to forgive us of our sins? He's inviting you to figure out how. How is this person Emmanuel? How is he God with us? And, and this is who he's going to be. 
And as we get into chapter two, at least you'll see that not everybody's happy with the potential birth of this of this of this kid. Uh, because Herod hears it. And, and Philip, what are some things that we can observe about the person of Herod? Herod talks a good talk, but he's power hungry. Mm-hmm. And he sees Jesus as a threat to his power and a threat to his kingdom. And there's a huge contrast here between Herod and these wise men. And it's really interesting to me that as much as we think of Matthew as a book for a Jewish audience, mm-hmm. from the very beginning, It's not the Jews that are celebrating. I love that point. Right? From the very beginning, it's these wise men that have come from the east in chapter 2, verse 2. And they're a strong contrast to the arrogance of Herod, Mm -hmm. to the violence of Herod. What do you love about these wise men? Yeah, I mean, like, they they come, and as soon as they come to the house, these wise men, again, remember, Mary would have probably been a young lady, but they're coming, and they fall to the ground worshiping this baby that's there. They open up their treasures. You know, just imagine Herod trying to maintain his kingdom them keep his treasures these wise men are willing to just to bear, you know to open up their treasures and to present them with gold and frankincense and mirth and we know that they went to Egypt and i just imagine this would have probably been god providing for mary and joseph and jesus in this way and 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 then they're wise enough to avoid herod on the way back cuz herod is clearly angry about everything that's happened so really here When we think about who Jesus is and the very special circumstances of his birth, we're getting more than just one miracle. Mm -hmm. We've got the miracle of his conception with Mary, but we've got the miracle of this star that led them and guided them. And then on top of the miracle, we have just their own generosity Mm -hmm. and their own humility. I think that's a really great lesson to start taking away for our own heart and our own examination. Absolutely. And again, you mentioned their humility. They went to Bethlehem of all places to go find this king. This right. They went to Jerusalem to go looking for the king. They went to a no, you know, a no place town. And and I just but again I love this and I love how much of Matthew one and two is particularly as that chapter two really starts to get into the rest of the book, how much it starts to hark back on these these prophecies and these passages in the Old Testament again to help us see that Jesus isn't just a king. He's not just a person that you're able to build your your life on, which he is, but he's also the fulfillment of what all the Old Testament has been looking towards. I think it's just—it's so cool to see that. And it helps us appreciate God and God's story so much so in that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned these prophecies. As we read through the chapters, Matthew makes a big point in saying that these things were not accidents. These things were promises that mm-hmm. God was keeping. And so it really speaks to the faithfulness and reliability of God at this time. So I noticed in chapter 2 and verse 19 that they're able to leave Egypt and come back because verse 19 says Herod died. Yeah. And I did a little homework. That was 4 BC. Okay? okay. So 4 BC, they're coming back. Herod is dead. And now they're settling in Galilee. Why was it significant for Matthew to bring us all the way up geographically from Egypt to Galilee? Yeah, just to show us where he was supposed to be going again. And, and again, we have this prophecy of out of the land of Egypt, I, would, I called my child. And so we have, again, just God fulfilling what he has already said. In his word, where we, we see prophecies being fulfilled from Jeremiah, prophecies being fulfilled from the, from the prophets, that he shall be called a Nazarene, that this was God's plan, this was God's intention. Very good. Okay, so let's look, let's look at these chapters from a bird's eye view. Let's go way up and think about everything that we're looking at here. It seems that in the family of Jesus, we've got clearly a royal lineage, mm-hmm. right? But there's more to it than just that royal standing. What else do you really take away from this? Again, I think you see the royal lineage. I think you see the faithful lineage. But I think you have a lineage that you can trace that even as Bible readers, that it helps you trust 
the validity of the scriptures, that you just see that they're, they're, this thread hasn't been broken at any point, that it's a thread that we can follow and have faith in God and, and in God's word about who this person is and what he was going to accomplish. Okay, so you're really driving home the trustworthiness of our Father and the trustworthiness of our Savior. What's the very personal way that we should examine ourselves with that? Yeah, I just I think in our lives we have to be we have to think about the person of Jesus and ask ourselves, are we going to be like Herod or are we going to be like wise men? Jesus is clearly being established as the king here. Not just the king of earth, but the king of all of heaven, the king of all places of all times. And I think sometimes we struggle with wanting to maintain our little kingdoms. And are we going to be like the, the, the Magi and say, this doesn't matter. I'm going to worship the king. Or are we going to be like Herod and try to fight against that until ultimately we perish? Philip, what stands out to you? Well, when I think not just personally, but collectively, when I think mm. about all of the relationships, whether it's work relationships, friendships, family, we see in this genealogy a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. a lot of highs and lows. But not just the sins or weaknesses or even the great moments of faith with the people in this family, but even just the circumstances they've gone through. Mm -hmm. And when Joseph and Mary are on the move, it's a reminder to me that our families are busy and our families are on the move. But whether things seem to be going really great or things seem to be going uh, not like we would plan at all, things are just really hard, that every family is going to go through that that God provides. Amen. Amen. And again, we see God provide, I mean, both the child, God providing and telling Joseph to marry, you know, to marry Mary, God providing and telling Joseph to leave Egypt, God providing, I believe, through the Magi, God providing by telling them to come back uh, to Israel. And just throughout all of this, they're going through some hard circumstances, but God has not abandoned them. God is with them in the person of Jesus, but then God the Father, you can also see, is with them as well. And I think that should give us confidence as well. A lot of confidence. He's provided this child. He's provided this Savior. And Matthew can't wait to tell us more about him. I'm so excited. So whether you're listening to the podcast today and you've already read chapters one and two, or you're thinking about what we've covered and you want to jump back in and read them for yourself, we hope that this will draw you closer to walking with Jesus. Jesus.